0: Earl Passes to India, Chapter 8, Part 2 MacBride has an illustrated bird book, he said dejectedly. I am no good at all birds. In fact, I am useless at any information outside my own job. It's a great pity. So am I. I am useless at everything. What do I hear? shouted the Nawab Bahadur at the top of his voice, causing both of them to start. What most improbable statement have I heard? An English lady useless? No, no, no. He laughed genially. Sure, within limits of his welcome. Hello, Nawab Bahadur, been watching the polo again, said Roni tepidly. I have, Sahib, I have. How do you do? said Adela, likewise pulling herself together. She held out her hand. The old gentleman judged from so wanton a gesture that she was new to this country, but he paid little heed. Women who exposed their faces became by that one act so mysterious to him that he took them at the valuation of their menfolk rather than at his own. Perhaps they were not immortal, and anyhow, they were not his affair. On seeing the city magistrate alone with the maiden at twilight he had borne down on them with hospitable intent he had a new little car and wished to place it at their disposal the city magistrate would decide whether the offer was acceptable ronnie was by this time rather ashamed of his curtness to aziz and Godbally, and here was an opportunity of showing that he could treat indians with consideration when they deserved it so he said to adela with the same sad friendliness that he had employed when discussing the bird. Would half an hour's spin entertain you at all? Ought not we to get back to the bungalow? Why? He gazed at her. I think perhaps I ought to see your mother and discuss future plans. That's as you like. But there's no hurry, is there? Let me take you to the bungalow. And the first the little spin, cried the old man and hastened to the car. He may show you some aspect of the country, I can't. And he is a real loyalist. I thought you might care for a bit of a change. Determined to give him no more trouble, she agreed. But her desire to see India had suddenly decreased. There had been a factitious element in it. How should they sit themselves in the car? The elegant grandson had to be left behind. The Nawab Bahadur got up in front, for he had no intention of neighbouring an English girl. Despite my advanced years, I am learning to drive, he said. Men can learn everything if he will try. And foreseeing a further difficulty, he added, "I do not do the actual steering. I sit and ask my chauffeur questions." And thus learn the reason for everything that is done before I do it myself. By this method, serious, I may say, ludicrous accidents such as befell one of my compatriots during their delightful reception at the English Club are avoided. Our good Pannalal, I hope, Sahib, the, that great damage was not done to your flowers. Let us have our little spin down the Gangavati Road. Half one league onwards, he fell asleep. Ronnie instructed the chopper to take the Marabar road rather than the Gangawati, since the latter was under repair and settled himself down beside the lady he had lost. The car made a burring sound and rushed along a chaussee that ran upon an embankment above Melancholy Fields. Trees of a poor quality bordered the road. Indeed, the whole scene was inferior and suggested that the countryside was too vast to admit of excellence. In vain did each item in it call out, Come, come. There was not enough God to go round. The two young men conversed feebly and felt unimportant. When the darkness began, It seemed too well out of the gray vegetation, entirely covering the fields each side of them before it brimmed over the road. Ronnie's face grew dim, and even that always increased her esteem for his character. Her hand touched his, owing to a jolt, and one of the thrills so frequent in the animal kingdom passed between them and announced that all their difficulties were only a lover's quarrel. Each was too proud to increase the pressure, but neither withdrew it, and a spurious unity descended on them, as local and temporary as the gleam that inhabits a firefly. It would vanish in a moment, perhaps to reappear, but the darkness is alone durable, and the night that encircled them Absolute as it seemed, was itself only a spurious unity, being modified by the glimpse of day that leaked up round the edges of the earth and by the stars. They gripped bump, jump, a swerve, two wheels lifted in the air, brakes on, bump with tree at edge of embankment, standstill, an accident, a slight one. Nobody heard. The Nawab Bahadur awoke. He cried out in Arabic and violently tugged his beard. "What's the damage?" inquired Ronnie. About the moment's pause that he permitted himself before taking charge of a situation, the Eurasian, inclined to be flustered, rallied to the sound of his voice. And every inch an Englishman replied, "You give me five minutes' time, I'll take you any damn anywhere." Frightened Adela, he released her hand. Not a bit. I consider not to be frightened the height of folly, cried the Nawab Bahadur quite rudely. Well, it's all over now. Tears are useless, said Ronnie, dismounting. We had some luck butting that tree. All over. Oh, yes. The danger is past. Let us smoke cigarettes. Let us do anything we please. Oh, yes. Enjoy ourselves. Oh, my merciful God. His words died in Arabic again. Wasn't the bridge we skidded? We didn't skid, said Adela, who had seen the cause of the accident and thought everyone must have seen it too. We ran into an animal. A loud cry broke from the old man. His terror was disproportionate and ridiculous. An animal? A large animal rushed up out of the dark on the right and hit us. By zoo, she's right, Ronnie exclaimed. The pain's gone. By Jove, sir, your lady is right, he the Eurasian. Just by the hinges of the door was a dent, and the door opened with difficulty. Of course I am right. I saw its hairy bag quite plainly. I say, Adela, what was it? I don't know the animals any better than the birds here. Too big for a goat. Exactly, too big for a goat, said the old man. Ronnie said, let's go into this. Let's look for its track. Exactly. You wish to borrow this electric torch? The English people walked a few steps back into the darkness, united and happy. Thanks to their youth and upbringing, they were not upset by the accident. They traced back the writhing of the tires to the source of their disturbance. It was just after the exit from a bridge. The animal had probably come up on to the Nala. Steady and smooth ran the marks of the car, ribbons neatly nicked with gaze, then all went mad. Certainly, some external force had impinged, but the road had been used by too many objects for any one truck to be legible, and the torch created such high lights and black sh- shadows that they could not interpret what it revealed. Moreover, Adela, in her excitement, knelt and swept her skirts about until it was she, if any one, who appeared to have attacked the car. The incident was a great relief to them both. They forgot their abortive personal relationship and felt adventurous as they muddled about in the dust. "'I believe it was a buffalo,' she called to their host, who had not accompanied them. "'Exactly.' Unless it was a hyena. Ronnie approved this last conjecture. Hyenas prowl in nalas and headlights dazzled them. Excellent, a hyena, said the Indian with an angry irony and gesture at the night. Mr. Harris, half a moment. Give me ten minutes' time. Sahib says hyena. Don't worry, Mr. Harris. He saved us from a nasty smash. Harris, well done. A smash? Sahib, that would not have taken place had he obeyed and taken us Gangavati side instead of Marabar. My fault that. I told him to come this way because the roads better. Mr. Leslie had made it pakka right up to their heels. Ah, oh, now I began to understand. Seeming to pull himself together, he apologized slowly and elaborately for the accident. Ronnie murmured, not at all. But apologies were his due, and should have started sooner. Because English people are so calm at a crisis, it is not to be assumed that they are unimportant. The Nawab Bahadur had not come out very well. At that moment, a large car approached from the opposite direction. Ronnie advanced a few steps down the road, and with authority in his voice and gesture, stopped it. It bore the inscription, Medical state across its bonnet, all friskiness and friendliness. Miss Derek sat inside. Mister Heeslop, Miss Quested, what are you holding up an innocent female for? We have had a breakdown. But how portrait? We ran into a hyena. How absolutely rotten! Can you give us a lift? Yes, indeed. Take me to," said the Namah Bahadur. Yeah. "'What about me?' cried Mr. Harris. "'Now what's all this?' "'I am not an omnibus,' said Miss Terrick with decision. "'I have a harmonium and two dogs in here with me as it is. "'I'll take three of you if one will sit in front and nurse a pug. "'No more. "'I will sit in front,' said the Bahadur. "'Then hop in. "'I have no notion who you are.' "'Hey, no. "'What about my dinner? "'I can't be left alone all the night.' trying to look and feel like a European. The chopper interposed aggressively. He still wore a topi, despite the darkness, and his face, to which the ruling race had contributed little beyond had bad teeth, peered out of it pathetically, and seemed to say, What's it all about? Don't worry me so. You blacks and whites, here I am, stuck in damn India same as you, and you got to fit me in better than this. Nusu will bring you out some suitable dinner upon a bicycle, said the Nawab Bahadur, who had regained his usual dignity. I shall dispatch him with all possible speed. Meanwhile, repair my car. They sped off, and Mr. Harris, after a reproachful glance, squatted down. Upon his hands, when English and Indians were both present, he grew self-conscious, because he did not know to whom he belonged. For a little he was vexed by opposite currents in his blood. Then they blended, and he belonged to no one but himself.